Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. It's Larry O'Connor sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. This beautiful Wednesday in the greatest country you'll ever know. I am the morning host on WMAL in Washington, D.C., uh, where Mark Levin happens to live. So, yes, I'm his morning man, as I like to say. And uh, Mark will be back tomorrow. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to send him some love, you certainly can by picking up a copy of uh, of American Marxism. I mean, I, but really, I mean, what, a, what other way to let him know? It's the most important book you'll read this year, or for that matter, your kids are going to read. we got so much to get to today on this program. I'm, I was so excited to get the call and uh, and, and have a chance to speak with you because we've seen a phenomenal development in this country with regard most specifically to our children and the masking protocols the democrats yes democrats almost to a t 100 percent democrats have forced on our children's beautiful faces in school rooms at least in the states that are run by democrats right and certainly if the federal government actually had the gumption to try to force a mask mandate from the federal level as they tried to do with vaccine mandates, you know that the Democrats in charge of the government in Washington, D.C. would do the exact same. Oh, no, 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 no. You can't you can't point fingers and be partisan and say it's just Democrats who do this. I mean, you know, no. Yes, actually, we can. Actually, we can. Especially considering the mandates forced on our children in our in our school systems, in the government run schools have come almost entirely from school systems that benefit off of the number one funder and organizer for the National Democratic Party, and that's the Teachers Union. The National Teachers Union. Oh, no, Larry, no, 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 no. You can't lump all the teachers in together, you know, because there's some great teachers out there. You know, the Teachers Union doesn't speak for all of us. You know, I'm going to get to that a little later. I want to address that because I hear it all the time. I do. There's an old canard out there. It's like, you know, just like people always say, people hate Congress, but they love their congressman. And people hate the teachers union, but they love Jane's third grade teacher. She's the best. I get that. I do. But at some point, the teachers who claim that the teachers union doesn't represent them needs to step up and speak out. Because until they do, guess what? The teachers union does, in fact, literally represent you. And they do, in fact, literally speak for you. But right now, I want to talk about how the tide has shifted here with regard to masks. You've seen it just in the last couple of days. You've seen the tide changing. And I want to talk to you about what we're supposed to do about this, because, yes, we should consider this a victory. Yes, those of us who have been pushing back and going to school board meetings and pounding on the podium and getting politically organized, as we saw in Virginia this last November when Republican Glenn Youngkin pretty much ran on one promise and one promise alone, and that was, I want parents to be back in the driver's seat with regard to the decisions for their children in these schools. And on day one, he actually fulfilled that promise, merely by saying through executive order that parents have the right to decide whether their kids are going to be in a mask or not. That's all. 
It's not forcing anything other than forcing school districts and school board members to back off and get out of the way of parental choice. That's all he did. And after that organizing and after those efforts, we now see the dominoes starting to fall in Virginia. In fact, today, a piece of legislation came out of Richmond, Virginia, where Democrats actually have the majority in the Senate. By one vote, and actually two Democrats crossed the aisle, voted with Republicans to put an end to these mask mandates. That's what you did. That's what you did with your power and your vote. And that leads me to our first conversation this evening. And it is a conversation. I want to hear from you as well, your response, your reaction. And by the way, here's the best thing about what we do here on the Mark Levin Show. You think I'm wrong? You disagree? Bring it. I want to hear you. you. You try that with Anderson Cooper. You try that with George Stephanopoulos when you're watching his unwatchable shows on ABC News. Oh, I, I got to call in. Yeah, George, you're full of it on this one. You're really wrong. And let me tell you why. Yeah, that ain't ever going to happen. But here in this cherished jewel called talk radio, which is best exemplified and demonstrated by the incredible Mark Levin show, you can do that at 877-381-3811. I'd love to hear your disagreement. Because what I want to talk about is what we're now supposed to do with regard to this victory we are now feeling right now, with regard to children and mass, because they're switching, because they're changing. And, and it's very simple what you need to do. You need to make them pay. You need to make them pay. Yes, Democrats who have forced our children to wear these masks in classroom for the past year. This is, by the way, after forcing them to lose a year of school by plowing through the remote learning fiasco that never worked from the beginning. We were all supposed to pretend, oh, yeah, we're making the most of it. We're all in this together. Yes, those Democrats who forced those ungodly demands on our children are now starting to come around, and they're rescinding these anti-scientific, harmful policies. Yes, from states like Democrat-dominated California and Democrat-dominated Connecticut and Democrat-dominated Oregon and New Jersey. My God, what the hell's going on in New Jersey all of a sudden? We're witnessing a palpable liberation for children who have been trapped in these government-run schools that have been mismanaged and neglected by this party who is beholden to the National Teachers Union and the Teachers Union anti-child dictates. I know the Teachers Union will tell you that they're pro-child and they only care about the child. Show me that in their bylaws. I assure you that they did not organize and force their membership into a union, a collective bargaining arrangement, so that they can protect your children. Their interest is, first and foremost, the membership. The teachers, but I don't, I don't begrudge them that. I had to join a union. I had to join a union when I became a talk radio host in a major market in Washington, D.C. And guess what? My union's job is to represent their membership. And your kids are not members of that union. And yes, by the way, we've even seen golden child Stacey Abrams, who can do no wrong, forced to submit a non-apology apology yesterday on CNN. Did you see this? Did you say, she apologized. It was beautiful after the devastating damage done by her hideous photo op featuring those five-year-olds with cloth strapped against their beautiful young faces while Abrams, she sat there with her spittle-spreading mug 
liberated from any type of cloth barrier. That was horrible. And, and she got how wonderful was it to hear her apologize for putting all of those children in harm, to apologize for not following the very mandates that she forces on everyone else. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's not what she apologized for at all. You know what she apologized for? She apologized for actually taking the picture. She apologized for getting caught. Did you make a mistake by taking a photo maskless in the classroom when it appears that everyone else, including all the children, were wearing them? Yes. I will say this. I went to read to kids for an African-American read-in day. I approached the podium with my mask on. I followed the protocols. I told the kids I'm taking my mask off because I'm reading to kids who are listening remotely as well. And we were socially distanced. The kids were socially distanced from me. I told them that's what I was doing. And then the excitement after I finished, because it was so much fun working with those kids, I took a picture. And that was a mistake. That's what she's sorry about. I should have never taken that damn picture. If it weren't for you kids and your damn picture, I would have gotten away with it. It's like a Scooby-Doo ending here. She didn't apologize. for here. Here's the biggest takeaway you have to understand about all of these hypocrites who choose to show themselves without a mask while forcing your children as young as five and four and three to, to wear a mask. When they're gallivanting around spreading their spittle and God knows what viruses contained in their gaping pie holes to all of those kids. The only real takeaway is, is, is not that they're hypocrites, not that they're, they have a double standard, not, not that they're anti-science, not that they're against your children, although those things are all true. No, the biggest takeaway you have to have here is that they don't believe these protocols either. If she was deathly afraid of this virus... She'd be wearing a mask. In fact, she'd be having a guess. She'd walk around in scuba gear. She wouldn't even shown up at that photo op. By the way, why are our children being used for a photo op for an election? Why, why are our children even being used as a backdrop for a campaign photo op anyway? Shouldn't there be some off-limits here in government-run schools? Tax funded schools that you're paying for and now a politician gets to go and and sit there and glad hand and get a photo op and then use it for their campaign materials your kids are not a political prop that they can use so yeah she apologized she apologized for getting caught that's your stacy abrams but you get the picture we are seeing victories and the tide is turning from stacy abrams to california to connecticut to oregon and new jersey they're t starting to figure it out. And, and of course, the science, as my friend Guy Benson over at Town Hall laid out earlier, the science here has nothing to do with the CDC or epidemiology. It's, it's political science. They know how unpopular this is. They don't have a newfound interest in letting our kids breathe freely in classrooms. No, they, they understand that this year there's an election. And so here's here's the political assumption that they're making. It appears to be that because the polling shows how unpopular these policies are, how unpopular and how over it all of us are with regards specifically, especially to forcing our children to wear these masks. I mean, it's so unpopular. We're talking we're talking Biden level of unpopularity, which, by the way, I don't know if you saw this drop down below 40 percent. We're now in the upper 30s. Now we're almost near the freezing mark. For those of you 
who adhere to Fahrenheit. That's how unpopular. That's what the president's... I want to know who the 39% in this country is saying, yeah, we need more of this. This is, this is, where, this is what we want. I want to know who they are. But here's the political assumption. Democrats think they can ease the restrictions and then claim to be the great emancipators of our kids. And then we'll all bow and we'll be grateful for their benevolence come this November. That's really their plan. Really? You on board with that? Yeah, I don't think so. Listen, I know, I know, I know right now. Right now, I can, I can hear them writing their little dispatches. The, the true conservatives, you know, the true conservatives, the ones who now work for CNN and MSNBC, et cetera. Yeah, and they, they write these dispatches all the time. Uh, they always write these uh, dispatches that lecture us. They lecture us because, you know, they're morally superior, these true conservatives. And they put out these weekly missives that are dispatched to all of us about our obligation to extend grace to people like Stacey Abrams, to extend grace to people like Joe Biden and Jen Psaki and to all the Democrats who for the last two years have forced your kids to either go to school with a laptop on your kitchen table or now in classroom with a piece of cloth strapped to their face for eight hours. And we're supposed to extend grace to them. We're supposed to meet our friends on the left halfway so that we can unify and hold hands and sing kumbaya and work together and make the nation the cooperative one-party utopia it once was wait it was never that our country has never been that literally from the founding under george washington within two years we had a two-party system in fact the second party that emerged in the washington administration actually came within his own cabinet with his secretary of state forming that party thomas jefferson not only is that a load of historical bunk, and it presupposes a history almost as accurate as how the West Wing television show accurately portrayed life in the White House, but it also denies one of the most important purposes of the democratic function we have in choosing our representatives and elected officials. And I'm talking about revenge. That's right, revenge. Electoral Revenge. When your elected officials and representatives betray you and your tax dollars and even your children in the obscene and unthinkable way they have over the past two years, it's your obligation to wreak revenge. You have to punish them. You must make them pay. And that's where your vote comes in. I know, I know. Hell no. I like to vote for people, not against people. Not this time, pal. No, 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 no. It is your obligation to use your vote against the people who have done this so that it never happens again. I'm going to get into this a little bit more. There's nothing wrong with using your vote as a weapon to make them pay. I'm going to elaborate on it, and I want to hear from you as well. How are you going to make them pay with your vote? I want to hear about your governor, about your county supervisors, about your school board, about your congressman, your senator... Your voice needs to be here so they know that it's coming. This is not going to be a surprise to them. That's good. In fact, the more of them that resign now before they feel your vengeance on the first day, first Tuesday in November this year, the better. Get out now. Save us a lot of time and money. 877-381-3811. I'm Larry O'Connor. In for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. 
My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Larry O'Connor sitting in for Mark Levin. John in McLean, Virginia, my, my home stomping grounds there on the mighty WMAL. John, I got more to say, but let's start with you. Uh, th- are you buying the Democrats and they're, and they're, oh, yeah, oh, gosh, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to liberate you now. Thank God for us. We're going to fix everything. No, no, no sir, I don't. Um, I think this is all due in part that they, they know they're underwater in the numbers. They know... They're going to have, they have a losing strategy, and, and they see 2022, uh, November coming up, and, and they saw what happened when Glenn Youngkin won in, in, in Virginia. Uh, and this is more of a political move. Uh, let's do something good. Um, the people will forget. Uh, let, let's uh, uh, try to do something here to thwart off. And then um, it's all for political reasons, for yep. political show. If they ever retain power, they're just going to go back to their old ways, sir. Uh, you are that, correct. You are correct, and you're smart. Clearly, you do listen to the great WMAL in Washington, D.C. John and McLean, thank you for that. This is political. It's absolutely political. Don't tell me it's not. Everything involving your elected officials and your government, your politicians, is political because guess what? That's how they get their jobs, through politics. That's fine. They're politically minded and motivated, and that's why they're now saying, oh, gosh, yeah, but thanks to our great efforts, we can now start rescinding these mandates and all this stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's politics. That's fine. Well, there's two sides to the political equation. Your side. Politics isn't just for the elected officials. It's not just for the politicians. There's one coin of the realm in politics. I know everyone thinks it's money, but no, ultimately, the biggest currency is your vote. And up next, I'll tell you how you use your vote to make them pay. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education. And it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for free. Imprimus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. 
Start receiving your own free copy of this great Digest of Liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. Lines jammed here at 877-381-3811, but you should still try because it's just funny. You never know. People drop off. I understand understand why people call in and they sit on hold and then they just drop it. And it's always, always, Mr. Producer, Mr. Call Screener will affirm this. It's always the guy you're just about to get to. It's it's the lady from Peoria who's been sitting there for 45 minutes, but you finally reach a crescendo in the show. And the best thing you can do to amplify your point is to bring in Gladys in Peoria. And you go to Gladys and she hang up. She hangs up. So please, don't do that. Stay on the line at 877-381-3811. It's Larry O'Connor sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. And we're talking about how these Democrats, they found religion now. It's a brand new religion. No, 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 not Marxism. Uh, I mean, no, they're still Marxists. But no, 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 they've now found religion on the masks, and specifically masks for your children, because apparently the science has changed or something. Well, not exactly. It's just the political science is a little different, not the et- epidemiological sort of science. Uh, and, and so they're making a political calculation. They're going to be the great liberators. They're going to become come in and they're going to say, oh, no, we're the party of responsibly bringing us back to normal because we respected the science. And here we are. We're finally going to let you do these things. You know, whenever the government is in a position of letting you do something, there's been a dynamic shift in the power structure here that is meant to be. You're not, you don't sit around wanting the government to let you do something. If anything, you're the one that's supposed to allow the government to do X, Y, and Z. And generally speaking, it's not a good idea. Maybe X, but certainly not Y and Z. So that's their calculation. Because they think you're stupid. I think that's obvious. So now what do you do about it? Politics is a two-man game here, okay? There's two sides to the political equation. And I'm not talking about the Republican and the Democrat. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the person who wants your vote and you, the person who has the vote. Ah, now we've got a power dynamic. So when they're playing politics with your kids and using them as political pawns, in this war, this political war, you are obligated at that point to use the one thing you've got, your vote, and you use it to wreak revenge. Electoral revenge. You need to make them pay. And I don't want to underemphasize the importance of this issue because they are are, in fact, playing politics here. Uh, There were these great school board meetings that you see all the time on cable news, or you see the clips go viral on whatever social media platform you happen to use at any given time. There's one recently that really rang home to me. Uh, This is a a mom. Her name is Marianne. She lives in Prince William County. I just had her on my show in Washington, D.C., on WMAL. She went up and, and she gave a three-minute speech to the school board, but she finished with this. The kids like to call this bringing receipts. Here's Marianne, this mom, and if there was any ever a doubt that your children, that Marianne's children are being used as political pawns, it's absolutely resolved with this one moment. 
Regarding that end, I need to point something out that has been bothering me. On November 15th of last year, I had the privilege of speaking with Dr. McDade for 10 minutes following the CRT town hall meeting. Dr. McDade is the superintendent of schools in Prince William County for now. During that discussion, which was friendly and cordial, I asked what she, as superintendent, could do to get the kids out of masks. Dr. McDade told me that she would if she could, but that her hands were tied by then-Governor Northam's executive order mandating face coverings. And if it weren't for that, things would be different. Well, tonight, things are different. Amen, sister. Amen. I mean, that's proof positive that this whole thing has been a political charade. Here's a superintendent. Oh, I'd love if it were me, if it were my decision, I'd love to get those kids out of mess. It's crazy. But my hands are tied because of the executive order from the governor. New election, new governor, new executive order. And that same superintendent and that school board is now suing the governor because of that executive order. And the executive order, again, I just want to be clear here. These executive orders that you're seeing from Glenn Youngkin, these changes that you're seeing and the push that you're seeing about masking children in schools, it's not to do away with the mask. It's not to force parents who who maybe watch CNN too much and they're terrified that their kid is going to die, God forbid, from a virus. No, you're worried about your child. Put your child in the mask. Go ahead. If that makes you feel better, I mean, I feel terrible for your kid, but if that's what you want to do, go ahead. Far be it for me to criticize another parent about how they're raising their kids. I, I got enough on my plate raising my four, all right? These executive orders aren't going to put that parent in a box and, and have them feel uncomfortable at the school because they can't put their kid in. No, you want to put your kid in a mess? Put your kid in a mess. But let the rest of us make our own choice for our child. Don't force your choice on my kid. Is that so much to ask? And that superintendent in Prince William County who lied to the parents, and this is replicated all over the place. The Democrat governors, the Democrat county supervisors, the Democrat school board members, the city council members, the congressmen, the senators, the president, who's forced all of this, and now for political considerations, they decide, oh, yeah, no, maybe the science has changed. Nothing's changed, except the polls. They need to pay. You need to make them pay. If your elected officials do this to you and betray you and your children, you have to make them pay. It's not enough to now shrug our shoulders and say as a collective group, well, they finally got to the right side of this issue. Let's move on. You're going to hear that. You're going to hear that from pundits, even pundits that call themselves conservatives, the true conservatives, you know, the ones that hate you for voting for Donald Trump. You know, the true conservatives who would have been fine with Hillary Clinton picking the last three Supreme Court justices. You know those true conservatives I'm talking about. They are morally superior to all of us, and they would, oh, no, 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 let's be graceful, and let's, let's just let bygones be bygones. Hell no. It is your duty to punish a politician for the harm done to you and your family especially considering the nature of the harm. And more importantly, the arrogance these politicians showed in the face of the truth and in the face of all of the protests over the past year plus of anguish you and your family have gone through. Make them pay. Make them pay for ignoring the science and the data that we saw almost from the first month of this pandemic. It showed us miraculously somehow that our children were not in any real danger of serious illness or death. Unless they had a, a comorbidity or something, God forbid. But even then, the death rates have been infinitesimal compared to other age groups with this virus. That's something that we should have been celebrating. But instead, it was ignored. 
make them pay for continuing to force our kids to wear these masks despite the very real data out there showing that cloth masks makes little or no difference in the transmission of this virus. Make them pay for insisting that our children stay masked in these schools. There's a mountain of studies now showing that these masks, forget about not doing anything to alleviate the transmission of the virus. There's actually study after study after study showing the real damage these masks are doing to our children's emotional and social and physical development and well-being. You've got to make them pay for what they've put you through. And finally, make them pay for calling you domestic terrorists for exercising your right. No, no, no. Exercising your duty to speak out and challenge all of these know-nothings on school boards who sit there in their plexiglass-encased throne of superiority, literally looking down on you, barely tolerating your 60 seconds of mic time while they struggle figuring out today's wordle and barely even making an attempt to appear like they're listening to you as you plead desperately for your child's health and well-being. Make them pay for that. And make them pay for ignoring the very real-time data set that was accumulated in the state of Florida, where schools have been in class for, for, for nearly a year and free of these mask mandates, and there's been no discernible sign of danger for the students or for the teachers. And one last thing you need to make them pay for, for even proposing in the first place that our youngest, most innocent, developing children have to sacrifice their growth and their well-being so that some tenured union thug with teaching credentials can feel safer when they walk into a classroom. You know what they refer to your kids as when they're in the lounge? Walking Petri dishes. They constantly talk about children in their classroom as little vectors of disease. These oh-so-caring union teacher leaders. That's what they call your child. Has any society ever forced a burden like this on their youth so that the elderly and obese can feel a false sense of security from contracting a virus? Shame on us for even allowing this to get this far. But first, shame on them. They who first proposed and then implemented this and now grudgingly, cynically, out of pure politics, they acquiesce only to expect your gratitude and, most importantly to them, they expect your vote this November. No, no, no. Make them pay. This is what your vote is all about. I want you to be able to vote for a candidate that you really like. That would be great. How often has that happened in your lifetime? How many times have you thought, oh, I guess I'll hold my nose and vote for this one? Oh, I guess it'll be the lesser of two evils. Ah, oh, there's not a dime's worth of difference between the two of them. Boy, what a gift from God this election is because there is a real choice here. I would love for you to l celebrate the person you vote for every time you vote. But this time, there's another use for that vote. I want you to vote against those who did this to our kids. Send a message. So this hell isn't even considered again. You know what to do. You need to make them pay. 877-381-3811. Your reaction, your calls, and your plan 
to use your vote to make them pay. Next. I'm Larry O'Connor. It's the Mark Levin. Mark Levin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Dr. McBride just told us about masks not particularly being effective for children. What's the argument against taking off masks in schools? Well, the argument is that you have, well, let me just say this. I am in favor of an off-ramp on masks. Off-ramp. The real issue becomes, are, is, the, is, is the spread low enough so that there's no dissemination or transmission in schools. There you go. That's that's the off-ramp. No dissemination of the virus in schools. That's Randy Weingarten. She's the president of the National Teachers Union. We are going to talk to teachers coming up or about teachers a little bit, too, because I know that they push back on it. Oh, the union doesn't represent me. Look, she's literally representing you guys. That's that's who's representing you. But I do want to, one, one, we're going to get calls in a moment at 877-381-3811. It's Larry O'Connor sitting in for Mark Levin. Something really critical happened here. Um, an accidental moment of journalism here on MSNBC, of all places, to Willie Geist. This is the show that comes on before Morning Joke, I think. Uh, is it? Is it? Or, or maybe this was during the Joe and Mika extravaganza, their little vaudeville show. Um, but but he actually asked the right question. Listen to it. She doesn't answer it. That's This is the key. When you watch these shows over and over again, you start to see the tricks. Listen. What Dr. McBride just told us about masks not particularly being effective for children. What's the argument against taking off masks? All right. So there's a, it's, it's premised first with we just talked to this doctor and the doctor just said that the masks aren't effective so what's the argument for keeping them on that's that's right in other words this you're anti-science here the mass we just heard from a doctor the doctor says they don't work so why are our kids still wearing masks what's the argument to keep these masks on our children and listen to how randy this is so critical because it happens all the time and 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 this is where willie's little journalism hat fell off and he just became a, a glowing admirer of randy weingarten there because he doesn't stop her and say no 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 no, wait i asked you a question and you're ignoring it no listen this is exactly what she does because she starts to accidentally answer and then she shifts listen in schools well the argument is that you have well let me just say this there you go the question was what's what's your argument for keeping kids in mass and she says well the argument is and then she realized oh god i don't have an argument and then she pivots the pivot she does the pivot 
And she says, I would love to get masks. The last thing I want is to keep kids in masks. All we're asking for is zero transmission of the virus. Zero. (laughs) As long as we get to a place where there's no transmission of virus in classrooms, everything's fine. You know, so as soon as a pot of gold comes out of my butt every time I, you know, then everything will be fine because that's where we are right now. It's unicorns. Unicorns are deciding our policies. It's 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 that real when you when you reach the point where, yeah, no transmission and then the mask can come off. Marcus in Houston, Texas. Marcus, you're next up. I'm Larry O'Connor sitting in for Mark Levin. What do you say, Marcus? Thanks, Larry. I think you're going to see over the next month the left is going to push really hard to do away with the mask mandates. Um, As you know, they've pushed the State of the Union back to March, and that gives them plenty of time for them to do this and have Joe Biden come out and announce that he's the victor. He told us he was going to get rid of this. He did it. Uh, we're going back to normal, and all of those conser- true conservatives, like you said, will fall right in beho- behind him. Oh, and yes, yes. The, the newest pundits on CNN will say, well, you got to hand it to Joe Biden. It's a political victory. Yeah, but Marcus, that's fine, because they do what they do because they're liars. What about you? Are you going to make them pay? Absolutely. And we have to, because if we don't make them pay this time, that sets a precedent. If we don't punish them for putting us through all of this, then the next time there's an emergency, they're going to do this again and worse. We of have to they make are. them pay. Marcus, a brilliant observation. And, and and when you say next time there's an emergency, let me tell you something, Marcus. Thank you for the call. Let me tell you, the, the emergency is already here as far as they're concerned. What, what do they always say is an emergency? They use the word all the time. It's the climate emergency. All of the things that they rationalized with regard to your health and your safety and your future and all of the things that they forced you to do extra constitutionally under the guise of an emergency, all of it transfers beautifully and perfectly right to climate crisis. And that's exactly what they're going to do. And that's why you have to make them pay with your vote, with your vote. Joe in Buffalo, New York, where I was back in your bills, Joe. I'm sorry. You're next up on the Mark Levin Show. No, it was... You want Joe or Bill? I got Joe. Is this Bill? Joe, right here. Joe. Go, Joe. Oh, I was talking about your Buffalo Bills, Joe. You remember them? They almost got to the Super Bowl. No, 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 I'm from Maine. I'm a truck driver, owner-operator. All right, God bless you. What do you say, Joe? Don't, don't, do not insult me. All right. Okay. All right, Joe. I've messed around too much. I'm going to put you on hold. We'll pick you up in the next hour. I'm sorry. He's a Patriots fan. What am I going to do? Well, they almost went to the Super Bowl too. But no, we got the Bengals instead. If you had the Bengals go into the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season, I want to talk. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
It's Larry O'Connor sitting in for Mark Levin, who will be back right here tomorrow. But in the meantime, you and I are just rolling along here with a great conversation at 877-381-3811. If you had told me when the day started, when I woke up this morning, I'm the morning host on WMAL in Washington, D.C., which is Mark Levin's station because he lives in the area, too. So I basically wake up with Mark and Julie every day. I feel pretty lucky with that. And technically, they, they wake up with me. It's complicated. Uh, if you had told me this morning, during, during my morning program, 5 to 9 a.m., in Washington, and you can stream it and get the podcast, by the way. This is, this is my subtle way. I'm telling you a story, and I'm mentioning something in the news, but at the same time, shamelessly promoting my radio program that you can catch on podcast everywhere you get podcasts. It's called O'Connor and Company. If you had told me, follow me on Twitter, if you had told me this morning that later today a major corporation was going to tweet out on their Twitter feed pictures of 25 sets of bare women's breasts i would be i I, i'll be honest i gotta be honest you gotta be real you can't lie on talk radio you guys can smell it a mile away if anyone's disingenuous i'm gonna be honest i would have said well this is gonna be a good day in my life at any moment now as i scroll my twitter feed i'm going to see uh, 25 pairs of naked women's breasts to me, that's a good day. You have to understand, ladies, if you haven't already figured this out, uh, when when boys go through puberty and adolescence and they're 14 years old and all they can think about is, you know, a certain thing in their life, that doesn't go away. <laughs> that does not. Look at Bill Clinton, for God's sake. Says some of us can control it better, okay? But it pretty much doesn't go away. So, you know, so I'm sitting uh, sitting around uh, scrolling through Twitter and people are talking about I'm not even going to say their name because they did this for attention. But it is it's a corporation that sells athletic gear and it's not Nike. And I'll I'll leave it at that. And they're 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 promoting their sports bras. And so they sent out pictures of of uh, 50 breasts. Uh, Two by two. Think Noah's Ark. Uh, there's no faces associated with them. They're just, it's just naked torsos of literally all different shapes and sizes. And they're talking about how, hey, all women are made different, so that's why we have all these different sports bras to come to. See, now something tells me. <clears throat> a lot of you say, well, what's wrong with that? It's just the female anatomy. Okay, you've never met a straight man then. Because men are, we're pretty based. Uh, but but beyond that, I, I I think the clue here that this company that sells shoes and sportswear that they did this just to get attention. I think the clue here is that this is under the guise of selling their sports bras, and how their sports bras are so good for forty three different styles, so everyone can find the right fit because no two women are the same, and they all have different you know uh, uh, boobs. I would think, I would think that if you're in the boardroom hearing the pitch from the advertising agency and they say, we got a great idea. We're going to tweet out 25 pairs of bare naked breasts and we're going to explain how all women are different and that's why our sports bras are so great. If I'm the, if I'm the director of marketing for this company that I'm not going to give attention to because that's all the only reason they did this, I would sit there and say, sounds great. One question, <clears throat> where's the product? If we're selling how great our sports bras are, 
how about we have them wear the sports bras? Because then we prove that no matter how you're shaped, no matter how big or small or wide or whatever you want to, I don't even get into the details. It's boobs after all. But the whole point of the ad campaign is no matter how you're shaped, our sports bra will accommodate you. The only way we can show that and prove that is to actually show what? The sports bra. But they didn't do that. They just sent us 50 boobs. 50. I counted them. That's not true. I did multiplication. It's five rows of five times two. (laughs) 50. And here's the thing when you look at it. And again, I'm I'm your normal straight dude. I'm just a little more honest than most about this sort of thing. Of course, this is... I swear, it's the only word to use. I don't mean... I bet it is. It's titillating. Okay, it's provocative. Maybe that's a better word. All right, I forgive me. I don't have a script here. It's cut me some slack. <laughs> Send me a little grace. All right, it's provocative. Not that other word I shouldn't have used. Uh, but it's not appealing. How do you mass together 50 naked breasts for an ad campaign? And you only find maybe three that are kind of, you know. And, and and by the way, those are three. They're not all on three different. They're on three different bodies. Anyway. That's how my day started. I think we'll just move on from there. That's, that's, that's. Oh, actually, let, let's transition from there. To the sad plight of comedy in America, shall we? Because because maybe you found that funny. I didn't mean to be funny. It just seems ironic to me that when you're selling your sports bras and you actually show women literally not wearing the aforementioned sports bra, that maybe there's a problem with the ad campaign. And that's why I'm not going to tell you the corporation that did this. It's and 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 the more I look at it, I honestly I I it's a bit of a hate crime. When you look at it, it's a bit of an assault on the eyes. It's overwhelming. How do you actually make this less appealing? Because on the face of it, if you just describe it, hey, we're going to tweet out 50 naked breasts on 25 women and, and just throw it. It's like, okay, count me in. I will click on that. That is something I will click on. I Wait, what do you think the internet was invented for? I mean, it was Al Gore who invented it after all. And we know what he does. All right. Somehow they accomplished making this actually unappealing to me i would but i guess i'm not the target audience so let's move on to the sad state of comedy in america and this uh, discussion is going to center around one joe rogan and i am reluctant to get too far down the road with the whole joe rogan thing yes we have a problem with corporate censorship especially when they're under the the control or at least direct influence of the government and that's exactly what we're seeing with joe rogan because we, we literally had elected officials say that he needs to be censored. Now, yes, I know they didn't pass a law, but we've learned, haven't we? They don't need to pass laws. You, you show me the law in your state forcing you to wear a mask when you go on public transportation or, or, or in a restaurant. Show me how the legislators in your state wrote, debated, and voted on a law about masks and mask mandates, and you won't find it. 
because it was all done by governors under the auspices of a state of emergency. Those aren't laws, my friends. Those aren't laws. And so they don't have to actually make laws to censor. When you've got the Surgeon General and the White House spokesperson and other elected officials talking about how uh, a broadcast or streaming entity should really be silencing and censoring one of the people who use their platform, it's basically like the mob walking up to your door saying, hey, a really nice house here. It'd be a shame for it to go up in flames. It's a really nice streaming service you got there. It'd be a shame for there to be some regulation that might get in the way of you making money. By the way, have we mentioned we really think you should censor and silence and take down podcasts by this one guy? So, so obviously this is an important issue. But I'm also reluctant to walk down the road too much for a couple of reasons. First of all, I'm a radio broadcaster. And frankly, that's a lot more challenging, difficult, and if I may say, takes a lot more talent than podcasters. I, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say, it. you allow me, forget it, take me out of the equation. You let Mark Levin sit uninterrupted for four hours with a guest without any commercials and not any need to, to censor himself or to, to interrupt the flow of the conversation or to worry about the various dynamics that broadcasters are right. You think that, you know, every single show you're going to get about, an, what, you're going to get gold out of that, Right. When you look at some of these podcasters, they just turn on the camera, turn on the microphone, and talk for three hours, and you get, you know, 30 seconds that goes viral. It's like, what the hell else were you doing for the last two hours and 59 and a half minutes, right? So, so, so I'm not a huge fan of this new medium because I love radio broadcasting. I love it. It's in my veins. It's the best. I know that's self-serving, but it's true. I also am very reluctant to talk about this Joe Rogan thing because, sadly, I see a lot of people who I agree with, who I know are conservatives, who are, you know, with me on a lot of things politically, and they're, they're holding this guy up as like, yes, we've got to support Joe Rogan. He's the voice of the new generations. I saw some people saying Joe Rogan should run for office. This guy is not a conservative. Why do we do this? Why do we do this all the time? That Bill Maher and that Joe Rogan, they're talking sense because suddenly they say something that you agree with. It's like, yes, we need more of this. This is what we want. Yes, let's rally around him. Run for office. You're my spokesperson. For God's sake, I feel like Bernie Sanders is behind this sometimes because they're both Bernie bros, Joe Rogan and Bill Maher. I mean, I, stop doing that. All right. So, so just because we agree with or want to defend a guy who's being silenced and, and censored, just because they usually come after us and try to censor us, that doesn't mean they're conservative. It just means we have something in common, you know? I mean, just because we root for the same football. If, if Joe Rogans happens to like Navy football as much as I love Navy football, that doesn't mean that suddenly I want him to be president, Okay. So I'm reluctant to talk about that because, because I don't want to mislead you and I don't want to walk down this path of following these, these false idols, all right? But at the same time, at the same time, there is a larger issue with what's going on with Joe Rogan right now in the attempt to remove him, and most importantly, his peers, fellow comedians and fellow broadcasters and fellow artists who are saying, yes, he must be silenced, he must be removed. That's the part that fascinates me, because now we've got this Trevor Noah guy 
who calls himself a comedian, and he hosts this comedy show called The Daily Show, and he's now come out with a six-minute monologue yesterday on his show on the Comedy Central show. You know, you put a show on Comedy Central, it should be funny, right? And he is now attacking Joe Rogan over this 11-year-old clip of him saying stuff that, again, this is the other reason why I, I, don't, I don't like this kind of broadcasting, because you let somebody talk for four hours with a bunch of friends, and a bunch of nonsense is going to come out. Because it's a very different discipline, this streaming for four hours versus actually following the, the broadcast guidelines that a radio host has to follow. It forces a radio host to crystallize ideas and thoughts and really give you the gems, the nuggets. The, I know that many of you might be listening at 20 minutes at a time during a commute. So I better make the most of those 20 minutes and deliver the information. You let me sit around for five hours. But I better have more than 30 seconds that goes viral, right? So, yeah, Rogan's doing that 11 years ago. He says a bunch of nonsense and offensive stuff that I'm not here to defend. But Trevor Noah, a fellow comedian, he, he condemned him for it. So what's in Trevor Noah's closet? What's in his past? What remarks has he made that he got defended over by his fellow comedians. See, I'm more interested in the death of comedy in this country. The Daily Show and the idea that Jon Stewart or Stephen Colbert or Trevor Noah or any comedian whose sole job function is to make you laugh that somehow they have now become political pundits and what they say is important and relevant and serious and we must take it seriously, that has killed comedy. In this country, you don't believe me, you watch Saturday Night Live or any of the late night shows. Where do you go for laughs now? Television comedy has turned into nothing more than cable news with a laugh track. And frankly, stuff I see on Don Lemon is a lot funnier, unintentionally, than anything Jimmy Kimmel is saying. I want to tell you exactly what Daily Show host Trevor Noah said about Joe Rogan this week and then remind you of what he had to say when he got the gig back just seven years ago. It's, it's quite a change. And it's because the complaint is not about comedy and the complaint is not about offensive jokes. The complaint is about not walking in lockstep with what the left-wing overlords of political thought tell you you've got to believe and say in this country. And that's not conservative or liberal. That's just maniacally Orwellian. Keep it here. That's it. I want to lay it out for you. And then more of your calls at 877-381-3811. It's Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. 
Find the plan that's right for you. Find the phone that's right for you. Or just bring your own. Then, this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. Trevor Noah, he's the host of The Daily Show. He calls himself a comedian. Daily Show's on Comedy Central, which means it's a comedy show, and The Daily Show has, in fact, ruined comedy. Blame John Stewart, because he took himself so seriously. Because he had these people who thought, oh, did you know that more, more young people get their news from The Daily Show than from cable news? Well, actually, I'd be okay with that because cable news is a cesspool. But that went to Jon Stewart's head and it went to all these other comedians. And it's like, oh, we're important now. We're important now. So Daily Show's Trevor Noah yesterday, he, he attacks Joe Rogan. These are jokes that Joe Rogan made 11 years ago. They're stupid. They're offensive. Nothing I would say. That's not the point here. The point is, this is Trevor Noah going after Rogan for things he said 11 years ago. Now, let me let me take you back to 2015, when Trevor Noah was named the new host of The Daily Show. Jokes that he made six years before in 2009. Only six years before he got the gig. I'm going to tell you some of his jokes. Here's Trevor Noah's joke here. Almost bumped a Jewish kid crossing the road. He didn't look before crossing, but I still would have felt so bad in my German car. You know, because Germans killing Jewish children is funny. Uh, Some of these jokes I can't say on the air, but they're almost all directed at Jewish people. From 2009 through 2013. So this was called into question when Trevor Noah got his job. And he took to, and, and, and by the way, he was defended by a lot of people. He said at the time, to reduce my, ju- my views to a handful of jokes that didn't land is not a true reflection of my character nor my evolution as a comedian. You know who else defended him? Joe Rogan. Comedy's dead. Thank John Stewart. Larry O'Connor, in for Mark Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Find the phone that's right for you. Or just bring your own. Then, this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, Podcast. Logic than allowed by law. The Mark Levin Show. Call now at 877-381-3811.
Larry O'Connor sitting in for Mark Levin. I've been informed that that uh, discussion of these uh, naked breasts, 25 naked female torsos that have been tweeted out ostensibly to promote an athletic manufacturer's uh, sports bras, which, of course, I just want to continue to point out. It's a remarkable promotion for sports bras considering there's no sports bras in any of the pictures. So may, maybe the intention is different. Anyway, I, I've been told that I've spent too much time on that topic. Uh, in fact, I, ostensibly, I, I made mountains out of molehills. And so I do want to move on from that. It's not right. It's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. And we'll, we, we, we will, in fact, move on and, and turn to your calls at 877-381-3811, as we've already discussed quite a bit here, especially the overriding theme of the show, which is, yes, Democrats are starting to turn the page and starting to rescind restrictions, especially when it comes to masking our children. And they expect you to be grateful. And I expect you to make them pay and use your vote as a weapon against them so that this never happens again. Frankly, I think your vote this November will be much more powerful if you're voting against them for what they did than voting for whoever their opponent. For their opponent, I mean, you know, if, if this is a congressman you're voting for, you're done. If, if you vote, if you vote against who's sitting there, and you don't like who ends up winning, you can vote him out two years from now. You know, if it's a governor, if it's a, please, it's not going to be a disaster. You can always fix that. The more important aspect of your vote right now is that those politicians who have forced this on your children, they have to learn a lesson. Every politician who comes after them has to learn a lesson. Never again. Make them pay. 877-381-3811. Uh, Matthew in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Matthew, you're next up here on the Mark Levin Show. An hour and 20 minutes. You told me not to hang up, so I hung up. There you go, brother. I told you. I make a promise. It's a covenant with you, Matthew. I know, right? That caller, Gladys and Peoria, you said, don't hang up. And I'm like, well, 50 minutes is done past. Another 50 is not going to matter, right? Do you want to wait some more? If you really want a record here, we could, we could still got another hour and a half here. No, 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 no. We're good. Let me, okay, let me good. just say All what right. I want to say and let's you know, move on to the next caller. You know, in regards to the mask. Virginia set a standard this past November. We're proud that we voted for a governor who came in to take force over this issue. Yeah. Yes, there are schools. I'm not sure if you saw this today. There was an Eagle Scout in Loudoun County that has been suspended because he's refusing to wear a mask. Yeah. There's parents. This child has never been in any trouble whatsoever. He's an Eagle Scout, yeah. and they've suspended him. What happened to the data and the science growing up that breathing in your carbon dioxide was dangerous? Yep, they suspended him for defying the mask. You're right, Matthew. It's a great point. And by the way, uh, uh, shockingly, and this is not a setup, uh, that young man, that Eagle Scout, and uh, Jared Missler, was actually on my uh, program on WMAL in Washington because he he and his dad listened to the show, and uh, and he and he was my guest on this morning's show. So pick it up on the podcast. I think you'd be very impressed with him. It, it is it's political bullying, and I think the other states that are seeing what we did in November, the other states are beginning to open their eyes, and they are going. They are saying, yes, it can happen to me. Yep. Yep, so we're going to make them pay? You got, who's your congressman? You're in Harrisonburg. Is that Spanberger down there in the 7th Congressional District of Virginia? Uh, ben, ben Klein and Todd Gilbert. Oh, all right, all right. So you're not too bad represented there, Matthew. No. no all right, no. brother, thank you for holding, and I appreciate you jumping in here. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. 
Uh, Steve in Toledo, Ohio. Come on in here, Steve. You've got another angle on this mask atrocity. And uh, and we need to use our vote to send a message and to make them pay, Steve. Yeah, hi, Larry. But one thing I have to say from the beginning of the hour about comedy, and you're yeah. talking about, uh, you basically could be interpreted that Al Gore invented the Internet so Bill Clinton could get porn. But... Uh, <laughs> That's how I took away from that. <laughs> but, and, it, and we're still living that nightmare, aren't we? <laughs> and comedy is not dead, you see. But see, you, uh, you were talking Good earlier job. about make them pay. Make them pay. Make them pay. That's and right. it hit me as I was in the car. Is it Williams County, or Prince Williams County School Board is suing uh, the governor for the new executive order rescinding the mask order. Who is paying for this lawsuit? The taxpayers. Because the taxpayers are paying for the school board to go to court, and the taxpayers right. are paying for the government, uh, the governor's side, the, 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 the executive branch, to defend the executive order. That's right. All that money is going to waste to going to attorneys when it could very well be going to improve kids' education or other things. I mean, it is so ludicrous. And... You were talking earlier about the teachers' unions. I want you to think about this, too. Where do all the superintendents come from? What were they first? They were principals. And mm-hmm. where were, what were all the principals before they were principals? They were teachers. They were all in the teachers' union. We need to start hiring school principals and superintendents, not because they have a Ph.D. in education, but because they have an MBA. We need to run our schools like a business and make them more efficient, and actually not worry about social warfare and CRT and what's being taught, but more importantly about teaching our kids how to read, how to be able to balance a checkbook, and how to be able to think for themselves. Because the one thing I can say, because I work with kids, is they do not have the ability to think for themselves. Nope. That, that's the curriculum fight that is happening now and certainly will come next as well, Steve, when we start winning these school board races. Steve, drop the mic in Toledo. Well done. Great job. And, and I'll add one more thing. This all went downhill with our teachers, partly with the unions, but also with our principals and with our superintendents. As soon as they start calling themselves educators and having the PhDs and making sure that they get, you know, you got, it's not even enough to get a teacher's credential. It's not even enough to get a master's. No, 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 you need to get the doctorate in education. Generally speaking, you can graph this out. The higher your your level, the number of degrees you have, and the higher the education you have paid for in the cesspool that is America's university system, the dumber you end up, and out of touch with reality you end up. And 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 he's absolutely right there with regard to how that has infested the superintendents and school administrators. But I said I do want to hear from teachers, because as far as I'm concerned, I know there are great teachers out there. I know that you disagree with your union. I know they don't represent you, except for the fact that they represent you. So where are you? Where are you making your union leadership pay? Well, Robert is in Las Vegas. He's a teacher. And first of all, Robert, before we get into this conversation, what's your favorite prop bet for the big game this Sunday? Oh, I'm a Rams fan. Oh, so you're so now now you just gonna bet the Rams and the points? Are you gonna take the Rams on the money line? Are you gonna dabble in the you know who wins the coin flip and what the longest pass completion is gonna be? Well, I'm from Vegas, so I don't gamble. <laughs> Fair enough. 
That's for the that's for the idiots yeah, who bring all like the money it. in and pay for your school. All right, Robert, you're a teacher, that's and I right. appreciate you, and I'm glad you're here. Tell me what's going on in the classroom. Well, okay, my name's Robert, and my adjectives are handsome and intelligent. <laughs> well, we're I just want to say this fine. <laughs> <laughs> the mask mandate is it's it's like a fantasy world. At school, none of the kids wear the mask properly, so it's a joke. They walk around with it on their chin. There's, there's, they're within three feet. They're slapping hands. They're hugging. They're embraced. They're gathered in large groups of 20 or more. Yeah. Uh, they exchange food hand-to-hand. And we all walk around the school pretending to wear this mask. It's the just theater. not a reality. And it's now, now, I'm interested. Are you instructed by your higher-ups that you're supposed to be monitoring that and policing it and spending your time correcting their behavior when you see that? Yeah, there's a lot of protocol on what should be done, but none of it's yeah. done. There's sanitation of the classrooms, which doesn't happen. There's student spacing, which doesn't happen. We have to report um, student seating charts, and you have to do that weekly. But the kids yeah. move around the classroom. You know, if you're doing small groups and things like that, they're not stationed in one seat. Um, but all of this, nobody's verifying. Nobody checks it. You know, if you see a student, there is no instruction on what to do or how to monitor it. You know, we just kind of let the administration do that. If they see a kid without a mask, they make them get a mask at the office. The bus drivers won't let the kid on the bus without a mask. It doesn't have to be worn properly. It doesn't have to be clean. It just has to be present. So it's just a massive joke. So, and, and Robert, I'm curious, what age are the kids that you're teaching generally? I'm middle school, so middle school. You know, oh my god, it, my heart goes out to you. I got everyone says, "Oh, you don't want to teach high school kids." No, no, you don't want to teach middle school kids. That's that's the toughest time, I think, for kids. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, and, and given that, how much time is wasted on that instead of actually teaching our kids what they need to learn, the actual curriculum, the actual the actual education that we're paying for ostensibly in these government-run schools. You know, in the morning, the routine is, as a teacher, you you have to go onto the computer and you have to fill out a form and you have to take your temperature, you have to submit that, you have to answer a bunch of questions about your health. And, like, I doubt any teacher is checking their temperature before entering 98.6. Right. And then you get your purple badge. Before Omicron, we could be outside without a mask. And then since the Omicron, they went back to the masks, and they haven't uh, alleviated Wait. us of that mess. So, outside? Yes, outside. We were required to wear a mask outside because of the you know increase with Omicron. Which Wait, are your Rams going to be wearing masks when they play in the game this Sunday? Yeah, exactly. This is right. insane. And again, and again, children are not even at risk, for God's sake. Robert, I got to wrap it up real fast because I've been I've been hammering your union, and I'm trying I'm trying to make a distinction here between the union thugs who call themselves educators, but they're really just union bosses, and you, the person actually in the trenches who actually has to go through all of this. But at what point do you and your fellow teachers actually stand up and say enough is enough? Because your union is making you guys look so bad. Yeah, I I originally started, I was a union member, but I stopped being a union member because it is clearly left-leaning, and you know, I'm, I'm just not going to contribute to that organization. So, yeah, the union's there, but I'm not an active member of it. 
All right, Robert. Uh, well, good man. Thank you for being a teacher. I really do appreciate it. And hopefully, hopefully we can get some good change out of this entire nightmare that we've been through. And you can get back to doing what you do and what you love and why you did it in the first place. All right. More of your calls here in a moment. How are we going to make them pay? That's the big question here, because the Democrats who have put these policies through and have put you and your kids through hell, they think they're going to be celebrated as the great liberators. Parades in the streets for them, because now they're going to start freeing your children from the mask mandates. Uh, I don't think that should happen. I humbly suggest you use your vote and wreak revenge on them and make them pay. 877-381-3811. Larry O'Connor, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Find the phone that's right for you. Or just bring your own. Then, this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. Larry O'Connor sitting in for Mark Levin, the theme of the show, and we're going to carry it into our third hour as well in various times, as long as peppering in other topics and things of note and news that you should know about here as you finish up your beautiful Wednesday here in America. The theme of the show is make them pay. Don't take this this attitude of, oh, well, the Democrats have finally come around, and now my kid doesn't have to strap this thing on his face like he had to for the last year, and we can have, and oh, everything's fine now. Let's hold hands and everything will be good, because we can figure out what we can unify over. No! No, you need to use your vote to make them pay. And I think of those words, make them pay, make them pay. And I realize, um, speaking of paying for things, our last caller there uh, reminded us all these lawsuits that the school districts have against the governor in various states about the mandates. We're paying for all of that. It's not like they have a, you know, a, they're raising money on the Internet for their lawsuits. We're paying for that. Whether the county tax dollars or the school district's tax dollars coming out of their budget to sue the governor, and then the governor defends it and takes it to the Supreme Court, and that's coming out of the state budget. We're paying for all of that. But it gets even worse. These masks themselves. We're now, I guess, the... And the tests, too. All these free masks and free tests coming out of the federal government are pretty damn expensive for free things. And we're paying for that too. And then and, and to add insult to injury, we're paying for them to be manufactured and shipped and delivered from China. You would think at the very least to protect ourselves from a virus that originated in China, maybe even deliberately at the very least, I think, now the preponderance of evidence shows that it was released to the world out of neglect and incompetence 
where that communist regime continues to cover up and lie about it and won't be transparent to let us get the full information about this virus that has killed how many worldwide, you would think at the very least we wouldn't buy the freaking masks and test kits from them. You would think that if we were going to spend our money, we'd buy our own American masks. I, by the way, in the middle of this thing, my wife Meredith says, well, it looks like we're going to have to have these N95 masks now, depending on where we're going and what we're doing. You know, going on a vacation or a cruise, flying overseas, sometimes you, you got to. So I said, well, now it looks like you're going to have to get the N95. So she went out of her way to find N95 masks that are manufactured in the United States of America. It can be done. If we can do it, why can't the government? So I get my box of COVID tests, my free COVID tests that the government paid for. And then they said, no, that's their big deal, right? We go, oh, we got to make sure that everybody gets tests. We're going to send these out because we had a test shortage. It's like shortage. We got a test shortage. How is that possible? I mean, Trump, it made sense that Trump was caught a little flat footed with the demand for tests because we have literally never had a universal testing protocol for a virus in this country ever in our history. We've had certain tests for certain viruses, but only for those who are symptomatic because it's used as a diagnostic tool, not a screening tool. Doctors have used tests to find out if you got sick. My, my aforementioned wife, Meredith, we th- thought she may have had the flu earlier this week. She's been under the weather. We went to the doctor. Guess what they did? They gave her a flu test. They didn't give me a flu test to screen me to see if I had the flu because I didn't have any symptoms. That's how we've always utilized tests. So it's understandable that during the height of the COVID, we need more testing so we can screen people. It's like, oh, okay, well, we've literally never done that in our country. So it took a while to get the test protocol. Biden inherits it a year later, and suddenly, within months, we're out of tests. What the hell is going on in Washington, this administration? So then he says, all right, well, we're going we're gonna to ramp up our testing. We're going to get all these tests. In fact, we're going to go one further. We're going to send free tests to everybody. So, of course, they get them all in China. They get them all in China. That that being said, listen, you know, I want to make sure I don't have it if I don't have it, even though I had it a month ago, but I don't think I have it again. But, you know, you got to get the test. And sometimes you got to show a test if you're traveling. I'm going to be traveling to CPAC. Thankfully, it's in Florida in two weeks. My friends uh, Matt and Mercedes Schlapp there moving it to Orlando. That's going to be nice. But you never know. The airlines might at some point say you got to get tested. Show me your negative test. So we get the test. We get our free made in China government test today. And I'm all, okay, here we go. We got our tests. I opened the box, and lucky me, instead of getting free COVID tests from the government, I got a bunch of crack pipes. Thanks a lot, Joe. I'm Larry O'Connor, in for Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin here. I'm the morning host on WMAL in Washington, D.C. Find the podcast where you find podcasts. It's called O'Connor and Company. It's a pretty good show, I'll be honest with you. Not because of me, because of my co-hosts, uh, Julie Gunlock, uh, Patrice Onwuka, and Amber Athey. They're pretty awesome as well. Uh, but check it out. Love to hear from you. And uh, also, Mark will be here tomorrow. Don't worry about it. He'll be back. And in the meantime, if you're missing Mark, find his podcast or just read American Marxism again. Just that last chapter is gold. Gold, I'm telling you. The theme of the show here is make them pay because I'm tired of this this narrative that, oh, you know, there's too much vitriol in politics and too much division. And we got to get together. And now the Democrats have decided to finally do what we've been begging them to do for the last year and a half, and that is, at the very least, let our kids breathe free without a mask strapped to their face, their beautiful face. The developmental and social and emotional trauma that these kids... If I have to hear one more adult tell me, oh, don't worry, kids are resilient, kids are resilient. Really? Kids are resilient, are they? Kids are resilient. How many people do we hear in the college level that have to go to a safe space because Ben Shapiro spoke on their campus? How many how many kids at the university level have to have their own quiet rooms so that they can decompress and unwind because a professor happened to suggest that they read Mark Twain or to kill a mockingbird? Kids if kids are resilient then where are all these fragile snowflakes coming from? So they can't handle to kill a mockingbird as a reading lesson at the high school or university level, but your three-year-old is going to be just fine for the last two years having a, a cloth strapped to his face so that he can't breathe easy and he can't see you articulating words so that he can learn to speak properly. Okay, yeah, that they're resilient over, but don't you use mean words. And don't you deny that I'm the 37th out of 58 genders. That I can't take. If kids are resilient, why are so many adults right now paying untold tens of thousands of dollars of th to therapists to help them get over the fact that mommy yelled at him when he wet the bed when he was seven? All the therapy we're going through right now because of what happened to you when you were six or seven years old. And kids are resilient. But my friend Katie Pavlich, and you know a lot of people on the radio say, oh yeah, my friend this, I'm at, no, Katie really is a friend. <laughs> Katie Pavlich and I both write at townhall.com. Katie Pavlich with an uh, article from just two hours ago, the real reason for Democrats' flip-flop 
on COVID restrictions. She focuses on New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. New Jersey, for God's sake, how embarrassing is it for you wherever you're living right now if you still got these mask mandates for your children in classrooms and you're behind even New Jersey? I mean, no offense to my friends in New Jersey, but why are you still? It's New Jersey for God's sake. I just, I like to use New Jersey as a punchline because... Well, because it's New Jersey. Anyway, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy on Monday decided to change all of his mask mandates and say, yeah, we've turned the corner. We're coming out of this. And of course, it's not the science. Of course, it's not science other than political science, of course. Katie Pavlich points out that Sahil Kapoor journalist for NBC News, political reporter, not a science reporter, I don't know, political reporter, points out this article in the New York Times, quoting, now, Mr. Murphy's advisors were struck by the findings of a focus group. Across the board, voters shared frustrations over public health measures, a sense of pessimism about the future, and a deep desire to return to some sense of normalcy. So they conducted focus groups, my friends. Focus. The, the office of the governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, actually had to spend. I'd love to know if it was government money, tax dollars on this focus group or if it came from his campaign. But they spent money on a focus group to find out how voters were feeling about the mandates after two years. Really? Really? You need to have a focus group on that? And that even worse. When the focus group comes in and says, yeah, they're frustrated and they have pessimism about the future and they want to get out of this and get back to normal, this is the worst part. You know, bad part number one, they actually had to conduct a focus group. Bad part number two, Mr. Murphy's advisors were struck by the findings. They were struck by the findings? They're they're shocked to hear that you're sick and tired of this crap? Honestly, He should be impeached just for this ignorance. But as Katie Pavlich points out, that's why it's happening, because of a focus group. God, please make them pay. (laughs) The election is coming up. Where are we now? Nine months away? Ten months away. Make them pay. Use your vote to punish them so they don't ever do this again. This should be the single issue. Their behavior during the pandemic, their mandates, their shutdowns, their lockdowns, their vaccine mandates, all of it. They think they're going to be conquering heroes. And they have to conduct a focus group. Brings me back to Stacey Abrams. But here, here's the key here, this whole Stacey Abrams thing. Stacey Abrams with, with her you know, spittle flying everywhere in this kindergarten class without a mask. Clearly, she doesn't take the virus seriously. That's the, the biggest takeaway from Gavin Newsom to the Lightfoot to the San Francisco mayor to the L.A. mayor to Stacey Abrams to Joe Biden to all of them who are constantly not wearing masks while the help and four-year-olds are forced to wear masks around them. The only takeaway is they clearly must not take this virus seriously. And yet they're the ones who are celebrating and championing these mandates on you and on your children. So Stacey Abrams there, she's got kids around her. Her spittle's flying because she doesn't have a mask on. Who knows what she's 
infecting people with. She finally uh, appears with a so-called apology on CNN. But what is she really apologizing for? And we were socially distanced. The kids were socially distanced from me. I told them that's what I was doing. And in the excitement after I finished, because it was so much fun working with those kids, I took a picture. And that was a mistake. That was the mistake. Taking a picture. She's apologizing for getting caught. But here's the most important and telling thing about this, because, see, this thing happened, I believe, on Sunday or Monday. The picture comes out and it is deleted almost immediately from her campaign account. But it's still out there. Don't delete tweets because everyone's going to see it anyway. Just, you know, just live with it. It's a thing. Don't worry about it. So they delete it. Then the campaign, I kid you not, their first statement to anyone who was criticizing her, they played the race card. I know. It's shocking. I mean, I don't know about you, but whenever I am challenged for my political beliefs and I'm called racist or white supremacist because of the political beliefs that I hold, and if I criticize a politician who happens to be of another race than me, and I'm called a racist because I'm criticizing them on their positions, or in this case, their hypocrisy when it's Stacey Abrams. I don't know about you, but when they call me a racist for that, it is so devastating. I mean, ah, it's it's such an argument ender. I, I can't respond. I can't. I'm paralyzed with fear and shame for being called a racist it's so powerful and impactful when somebody calls you a racist these days over a political conversation isn't it yeah they've ruined that too when you are able to take out the negative impact from calling somebody a racist because forget about crying wolf you've called every kind of canine animal in existence at this point by misusing the term racist. And when you when you are so craven politically that you even you even take out the negative impact of that word, you've really ruined political dialogue in this country and that's what the left has done. So they initially played the race card and they called critics of Stacey Abrams racist. Why? Because she was at that school for a Black History Month event. Well, well that makes perfect sense. You know, so as long as Stacey Abrams is black and it's February, you better not criticize her because clearly we know that you've got a Klan hood in your closet. So the first response is to call all the critics racist and double down. There was nothing wrong, nothing wrong at all. She followed the protocols. She had her mask on. She just took it off for this one thing, and then they took a picture. But then come Tuesday night, she sees the light, and finally, she decides, I better go apologize. So what changed? What happened? What do you do in 48 hours when you're a campaign? You run a poll. That's what you do. I assure you, Stacey Abrams never would have delivered her non-apology apology on CNN, where she really just apologized for getting caught. Because she says, oh, the mistake was taking a picture. Everybody, please stop writing headlines saying Stacey Abrams apologized, unless you say what she actually apologized for. And in the excitement after I finished, because it was so much fun working with those kids, I took a picture, and that was a mistake. There you go. That's what she apologized for, for taking a picture. In other words, as long as there's no photographic evidence, I was fine. So why 48 hours? That's the magic number, 48 hours. Because that's about, uh, on average, the time it takes to commission a poll, conduct the poll, and find out what people think. 
And ultimately, that's why she apologized. But she didn't really apologize. <laughs> but she did enough to get lazy journalists in this country to write headlines saying that she apologized. And, oh, now if you bring it up again, that's old news. She apologized for it. Why do you continue talking about it? And that's how the game is played, at least when you're a Democrat. And that's why you need to make them pay. Your vote is a very powerful thing. And this November, you need to use it as a weapon to inflict pain and revenge on the people who have put you and your children through this. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Tom in New York City. Tom, you're next up here on the Mark Levin Show. I'm Larry O'Connor. Yes, Larry. I love your music. That's my kind of music. All Keep right, brother. Off. Thank you. I'm going to make this... Sh- I, thank you. I, I want to make this short. I'm going to make them pay. And you you mentioned God's name. He will also, in his time and the way he wants to do it. And that's for sure. That's coming from God uh, to everyone. You know, you, you, you said something before, and I want to just say to you this respectfully. Do not fear Anyone that says to you, you're racist, you're, you're this, you're that, you know, it hurts. I know it hurts, but do not fear it. No. Uh, and Tom, let me clarify, because I was being pretty sarcastic there. They have so removed any impact from that term because they throw it around so often and so irresponsibly that that frankly i don't i the, the point of my sarcasm was i don't fear it anymore because i just take it for granted that if i hold a position that is contrary to the o- obama mafia that they're just gonna they're gonna lead with racist so what it means nothing anymore yes can i make one uh more comment please you, you can Sorry. quickly tom all right i am gonna make them pay at the voting in in um, this November and in 24. But what I would like to do to all of them, the president on down to the governors and mayors, the Democrats that are doing this to all of us, I'm going to kick their asses. I'll take their members, their uh, uh, United States citizenship away from them and kick their asses to China. All right, Tom is fired up. I don't know how you're going to do that exactly. Let's start with the vote, Tom. Thank you for your call. We make them pay with the vote and send the message. They can't ever do this again. And it sends a warning to the next set of politicians who are going to try it. All right, more from you here. Thank you, Tom, and God bless you on the mighty WABC in New York. It's 877-381-3811. I'm Larry O'Connor, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. I uh, I always wonder. I know Mark. Listen, if Mark is not hosting the show and if he's not here behind the microphone, it means there's a lot going on. He'll be back tomorrow, by the way. But I assure you, you know, I have filled in for other hosts before, back early in my career. I used to fill in for a bunch of hosts uh, before I landed. That's what you do. You fill in and you land a gig. But then you land a gig, and I am I, my steady gig is on the morning host on WMAL in Washington, D.C. It's the greatest job in radio. It really is. Um, but then when you get a great gig like that in local radio, then once in a while some of the really big shows like Mark Levin give you an opportunity to do a national fill-in. And it's like, well, I've got a gig, but still this is great. I mean, who doesn't want to fill in for this show? This is this is the, the crown jewel. It's the best talk show out there um, now that we don't have Rush to listen to every day. So so you get this opportunity, you're filling in for Mark, and it's great, and I love it, and it's it's just fantastic. It is. Uh, and, and, and wouldn't have it any other way. And and I know Mark well enough to know that he is not listening. The point of my, my little uh, tangent here is that I have filled in for other hosts in my career over the past 12 years that I've been doing radio now. And during the show... The producer of the show that I was filling in for would give me notes from the host I was filling in for. And anyone in the radio business, they probably know who I'm talking about. But there's a couple of them who, think about this, they're taking a day off, they're not broadcasting to you, their loyal listeners, and now they're spending their time actually listening to the guy who's filling in. And then then calling the producer, tell him not to do that, and tell him he should do more of this. Like, what the hell is going on here? But the point is, I know Mark is not listening right now, but I do wonder if he comes back into the office tomorrow when he comes back in, he says, what is this I'm hearing about O'Connor talking about boobs and crack pipes? What, what happened here? Mr. Producer, what did you let happen? Is what I imagine is going to hit. Because, you know, it'll, it'll filter down. Ah, what did O'Connor talk about? Well, we had a whole segment on boobs and then crack pipes. Now, if you're just reducing this guest host appearance on the Mark Levin show merely to those two topics. I don't think you're being very kind or generous or accurate for that matter. I think I've talked about plenty of things other than boobs and crack pipes. That said, it is fun to say those things together. Boobs and crack pipes. Speaking of crack pipes, uh, apparently Hunter Biden is now in the news. You know, NPR said that it's not going to cover the Hunter Biden story because it's a waste of time for them. Meanwhile, NPR has a big story about which skin color emoji you should be using on social media. Thanks, NPR. Plastic conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. I know this is going to come as a shock to you, but it appears the Chinese communists might be cheating in the Olympics. I know. I know. You know, when you can't count on a Maoist, communist, authoritarian regime to play by the rules fair and square, you've just lost all hope for humanity. Got a lot of reports here of uh, these Olympics, which, by the way, I'm not watching. Are any of you watching these Olympics? I So this is hard for me because I love, first, number one, I love the Olympics. Hey, I'm Larry O'Connor sitting in for Mark Levin tonight. I love the Olympics. And even more so, I love the Winter Olympics. I, I was born in Michigan, grew up in Detroit until I was about 13 years old. Uh, uh, I, I love winter sports is my point. Detroit is hockey town, after all. Winter Olympics, hockey, miracle on rice, Team USA, beat the communists, love my winter sports. 
And and this, the Summer Olympics just gets so tedious with all the swimming events and all the track and field events. It just gets on and on and on. And there's something about the Winter Olympics that's very unique. It's like, how often do you watch the biathlon? Right? You can watch a swimming event any time of the year, or track and field or cycling. Or whatever. The biathlon, you know, you're only going to watch it every four years. And it's fun. So I like the Olympics. But but there's there was no way in hell I was going to watch these Olympics. And I'm not. And, and I'll be honest with you. Five days into it now, are we six days into it? I don't miss a thing. And, and I'm loath to even talk about the Olympics because I don't want to give it any attention or any oxygen. Except this is newsworthy. China's cheating. They keep sending other countries' athletes to quarantine after negative tests. After negative tests. New York Post reporting. Olympians in tears over poor living conditions, lack of food at Winter Games. My friend Chris Plant, who's a great syndicated radio host uh, out of my station in D.C. I'm sure many of you are listening uh, on this station. You hear Chris Plant as well. He calls these the Hunger Games. (laughs) And this story... Brings it all home. Belgian skeleton racer. Skeleton. See, there's another one. It's like as if luge wasn't unique enough where you lay down on your on your back and go, you know, hurtling down the toboggan course iced up tube at 90 miles an hour wearing nothing but a helmet. But then they come up with skeleton. It's like, hey, laying on your back and going foot first, that's not stupid enough. Let's lay on our stomach and go head first. See, I love these sports, and I, and I, but I, I am kind of missing it a little bit, but I'm not going to watch these games. Belgian skeleton razor Kim Malamans broke down in tears in a video she posted on Instagram explaining how scared and confused she was about the COVID-19 protocols in Beijing. Malamans tested positive for the virus when she arrived, later tested negative. All right, so she's got one positive test, one negative test. So what are the geniuses running the Beijing Kami Olympics do? She thought she was being transported to return to Olympic Village in Yangqing. She was instead taken by ambulance to another isolation destination. And these isolation destinations are, are hellscapes. They're isolated in these, these so-called quarantine hotels. Wait, I'll, I'll tell you what goes on there in a minute. The Finnish Olympic team says Marco Antilla, formerly of the Chicago Blackhawks hockey player, tested positive 18 days ago but produced several negative results prior to his departure. But Marco has been, quote, uh, with our team for about a week before we came here and he tested negative. Now we know he's fully healthy, ready to go. And that's why we think China, for some reason, won't respect his human rights. And that's not a great situation. He's also being taken to one of these quarantine hotels. That quote I was giving you, by the way, is coming from the coach. Associated Press reporting now. Olympic teams raise concerns over quarantines hotels. Russian biathlon competitor Valeria Vaznetsova posted on Instagram. Thank. By the way, why aren't we hearing anything about the American athletes and what they're going through on their Instagram accounts? Because our government, while sending these athletes to these, these dystopian communist games in Beijing told our athletes not to take their smartphones with them and take burner phones because they were concerned they were going to get surveilled and spied upon by the totalitarians in Beijing. Why are we at these games? 
Why did we send our athletes there? So so they're not posting anything lest they be tracked and maybe spied upon and apprehended by the commies who poisoned our world with COVID-19. But Valeria Vasnetsova from the Russian team, she's a biathlete. You know what biathlon is? A biathlete does miles and miles and, excuse me, kilometers and kilometers and kilometers of cross-country skiing, which is a hell of an exercise if you've ever done it. The cardio on that, the, the breathing, the pulse rate, it's, it's intense, all right? Every part of your body gets an intense workout in cross-country. That's right, back in the, a lot of these CrossFit machines that you see at the gyms, it, it mimics cross-country skiing because it's so great on all your muscle groups, from your legs to your glutes to your pecs to your arms, and yes, your cardio as well with your breathing and your heart rate. So you do that intensely, kilometer after kilometer. Then suddenly you have to stop, take out a rifle, and then sharpshoot six targets from 50 meters away. You try getting your breathing and your heart rate down to a place where you can hit those targets. And then you strap the gun back on your back, and then you go cross-country sky. These are incredible athletes, these biathletes. And Valeria Vaznetsova tests positive. So what happens? Well, her problem isn't the virus. The problem is the quarantine, quote-unquote, hotel she's been sent to. She posted a picture Thursday of what she said was breakfast, lunch, and dinner for five days. The same meal, five days in a row. A tray with food, including plain pasta, an undescribed orange sauce, charred meat on a bone, a few potatoes, and no green vegetables. This is an athlete performing at the peak athletic performance that you can as a biathlete. And this is what I'm guessing they just shove under the door in her quarantine jail cell. I mean, the Uyghurs are probably treated like this in China. Why are we there? She said she mostly survived on a few pieces of pasta because it was impossible to eat the rest. Today I ate all the fat they served instead of the meat because I was very hungry. She added she's lost a lot of weight. My bones are already sticking out. My stomach hurts. I'm very pale. I have huge black circles around my eyes. I want this to end. I cry every day. I'm very tired. By the way... She concluded the athletes are getting worse food and underlined it with a picture of food served to her team doctor. Her team doctor, who also tested positive, living two floors below, had fresh fruit, a salad, and prawns with broccoli. Well, he obviously ordered from column C on the menu at the Chinese restaurant. I like a little from A, a little bit from B. I usually don't spend the extra money on C because of the prawns. They really get you on the prawns. Meanwhile, China also seems to be cheating on the playing field as well. I mean, it's one thing to cheat by faking negative or positive tests, quarantining, you know, athletes from competing nations, even if they have negative tests, and then treating them like hell when you stick them in their quarantine hotel cell. But then there's the speed skating. The American team over the weekend won the semifinal heat for short track. China finished in third place, but then China protested. And after a review of the tape, they decided to disqualify Team USA. 
China then went on to win the gold, their first ever in short track speed skating. Because that's how China wins. Now you oh you did you did maybe the U.S. cheated maybe it wasn't them it wasn't China no China did, did no they they looked at the rules and they, no 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 here let, let me just you read between the lines because these U.S. athletes they have been told to be so diplomatic and so deferential because they're freaking terrified of the Beijing regime and when I say they I don't mean the athletes I mean the Biden administration are so freaking terrified that they have given marching orders to our athletes to not speak out. Listen to this. Reading from the USA Today report. U.S. skaters, meanwhile, were left trying to unpack what happened after they were disqualified. Quoting now one of the skaters uh, named Mammy Biney. She said, apparently one of our teammates crossed the blue line, and that made the Chinese team miss their exchange or something like that. She finished by saying, it was an interesting call for sure, but it is what it is. I mean... I don't think it takes too much to decipher what she's really saying there. Another member of the team shrugged and said, lesson learned. Not a lesson about the rules. The U.S. team knows the rules. It's lesson learned about how the Chinese team is going to conduct themselves and how the judges are going to act if there's a formal protest. How do I know this? Because China just did very well in another speed skating event. And they did well because they filed a formal protest, this time against the South Korean team. The difference is the South Korean are not led by Joe Biden. The Korean sport, reading now from Yahoo Sports, Korean Sport and Olympic Committee announced on Tuesday that it plans to issue a protest with the Court of Arbitration for Sport and the International Olympic Committee over their disqualification of two of its speed skaters in the men's 1,000 meters. Who disqualified them? The Chinese team. The decision came to benefit the Chinese participants who not only advanced to the finals, but ultimately won gold and silver in the event. Sound familiar? See, the USA athletes, they said, ah, it is what it is. Lesson learned. South Korean team protests. They're going to take this all the way up the ladder. Yahoo Sports, not the first time China has benefited from penalties and disqualifications handed out to its competition and speed skating events in Beijing. Ren Ziwei of China was awarded the gold medal in the men's 1,000-meter final on Monday when a collision with Liu Shaolin Sandor of Hungary resulted in a penalty assessed to the Hungarian who actually crossed the finish line just ahead of the opponent. See a pattern developing here? One day prior, controversy struck again at Capitol Indoor Stadium when China's mixed relay team advanced to the final after the United States and Russian Olympic Committee skaters were disqualified per perceived instruction. That's the story I just told you. So now you've got three gold medals given to the Chinese speed skating team, all of them because other countries were disqualified after the Chinese team protested and the judges said, yep, yep. We're with the Chinese on this one because everyone's terrified over there. Lest they test negative for COVID and get sent to one of the Uyghur cells where they'll get the cold pasta with orange sauce and charred meat.
South Korea is protesting, and they're going to continue to protest this. But meanwhile, this is how your Olympic Games are unfolding. I'm not watching. I'm glad I'm not watching. And I think you are, too, because you would be outraged if you were. This is an embarrassment. It's, It's a debacle. And this is going to be, just add this to the list of things that we're going to look back on the Biden administration for and be outraged that we ever let it happen. In other news, though, uh, apparently now we're working on over a year and a month, 13 months now, with no mean tweets from Donald Trump. So we got that. Let's finish up with your calls here at 877-381-3811. Jump on in if you can. It's Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Yeah, these Olympics are an abomination. And of course they're cheating. They're communists. They did, why would anyone be shocked at this? 877-381-3811. Uh, Tom in Glendora, California. Listen on the great KRLA. Tom, you're next up on the Mark Levin Show. Thank you very much, Mr. O'Connor. You're doing a great job. Appreciate that. You know, the Chinese Communist Party are the worst devil-driven nation in the world, maybe in all of history. Why? They are now, as we speak, conducting four simultaneous genocides. The Uyghurs, the Tibetans, Falun Gong, and the Christians. And NBC and the NBA and many companies in corporate America have whored out and ought to be ashamed of themselves for showing these disgusting genocide games. Every good, God-fearing person in the world should absolutely not watch one nanosecond of these vile, disgusting games. Well said, Tom. Drop the mic. Nothing more to say for that. Uh, and you're right. People, the, the only way to make them pay on this, make them pay is the theme tonight. Uh, we're going to make our elected officials pay for the mass mandates, but you can make NBC Sports pay here and NBC Universal, the corporate partner, because they just they just want to sell their movies to Beijing and their products and everything like that. But here's the deal. They don't care about the ratings necessarily because they already got their corporate dollars from shameful companies that claim to be all American like Coca-Cola. What is Coca-Cola doing sponsoring these games in Beijing? Remember when they pulled their sponsorship? From Major League Baseball, they disavowed the state of Georgia for demanding voter ID to make their elections have integrity. And, and, and Coca-Cola demonized Georgia for voter ID, but they're throwing all this money that funnels back to Beijing and the genocidal communists. Coca-Cola should be ashamed of themselves, but this is the point. You stop watching, they're not going to get the ad coverage they thought they were going to get. And then everybody's left saying, why do we continue sponsoring these things? Why are we spending all this money? Make them feel it by not watching the games and sending out some tweets and messages and Facebook messages through social media to all of those companies like Budweiser, like Coca-Cola, like Nike, who are sponsoring these games and let them know how you feel. 
But back to making them pay the elected officials for their COVID policies and their mandates, where you can use your vote to punish them this November. Ashley in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I won't even bore you with the comment about the office, but I'm sure you get it all the time, Ashley. Yeah, um, I do, actually. (laughs) What's going on? Talk to me about what's going on in your college right now with the COVID protocols. Yeah, um, so I was basically kicked out after my first semester there. Um, I had a full scholarship to play soccer there. It was a private community college. I wanted to save some money for my first two years. I was very excited to go. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I had a lot of support, and I couldn't wait. And then two months before my spring semester would start, um, I was getting regularly tested, and then they came out with the news that everyone had to be vaccinated. And you're a young, healthy woman, and you're at a peak physical condition playing soccer, and you chose for your own body not to do that. And now... And now you're out. It's an outrage, Ashley. And we need to take it out on the elected officials who have done this to us. Make them pay with your vote. I'm Larry O'Connor. WMAL, I'll talk to you in the morning.